As I mentioned in my previous video, I did a lecture recently at Linnaeus University in Sweden, and there was a couple of questions that came up during the lecture that I wasn't able to answer. So I'm answering them here so I can send this to those students, but I also want to let everyone know who uh, is connected with me online about these provocative issues related to universal design. And just a quick recap, universal design is all about decision-making. It's all about creating a world in which everyone can participate equally. Now, I want to read this question uh, specifically the way the student phrased it, because I think this is really cool, the, their thinking that was involved. So the student asks, you incorporate a lot of feminist theory with universal design. Is this usual? Is it typical overall in universal design? Or are you specializing in this? They go on and say, is there an academic practice or path someone should take if they want to work with this sort of issue? Now, I just first of all start off and say absolutely uh, feminist theory and universal design are really, really great matches. The, the theory of intersectionality, how uh, society can oppress and try to control the lives of people who experience multiple forms of disadvantage and the ways in which oppression interact with each of those forms of disadvantage and collectively uh, affect the experience of those individuals. And I know that's really absolutely if you're into intersectionality or if you want to learn more, please break out the Google and uh, you will learn amazing, amazing things about that. But yes, feminist theory and universal design are a really, really good match for themselves. And I do incorporate a lot of feminist theory in the ways in which I conceptualize universal design. And it's not necessarily a typical practice. So universal design historically emerged out of uh, disability rights, the built environment, architecture, and uh, kind of, I guess you could say civil engineering. I'm not sure. I actually don't even know what a civil engineer does, but we'll say civil engineering. Why not? Uh, it deals with the spaces that we habitate. So uh, buildings, uh, you know, sidewalks, streets, and things like that. Now, that was the way it was originally conceptualized in the 1990s at the University of North Carolina, and it was basically laid down as a framework by a group of specialists, uh, experts, people with the lived experience of disability, as an alternative to more traditional ways of thinking about the same fundamental issues. So before universal design was came around, there was a lot of talk about barrier-free design, accessible design, and things like that. But they all amount to more or less the same principle that we should be eliminating, identifying, and eliminating barriers that people experience uh, participating in society in one shape or another. Now, I was really lucky that uh, I had a student, an amazing student, who uh, challenged me on how I was thinking about universal design. And she, I don't think she had the intention to kind of provoke uh, the sort of response that I had. I think she just had that in her nature to be critical and aware of limitations in what people are teaching her or the knowledge that she's trying to acquire. 
So we were sitting one day in a, in a meeting room, and her and I got to talking about universal design. She was one of the, the bachelor's thesis groups that I was supervising. And she had been challenging me quite a bit beforehand, so this was nothing new to me. I was just kind of, you know, going about our meetings as we would normally. But she challenged me and she said, you know, I don't, I don't like universal design. I think there's something wrong with it. I think it's uh, flawed. And I, of course, I kind of initially took it personally because this was a topic that I was dedicating my life to. So it was something I was really passionate about. And here's this young person telling me that what I'm doing is messed up in some way. And so I kind of uh, took a beat and thought about how I would respond. And rather than respond and you know, taking it personally and kind of resenting her or telling her, no, 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 you don't understand because you're just this young person who doesn't know about, you know, universal design the way I know about it. Instead of taking that approach, and I'll be clear here, uh, I've had people take that approach with me too. The generation before me telling me how universal design is when I'm sitting here trying to lay a foundation for universal design in the future. So it's kind of a mansplainy action here. But I didn't take that approach. I took a step back and I said, okay, explain what you mean. So I understand, I can empathize and try to get where you're coming from. And what she said basically was that universal design, as it was conceptualized in the 1990s and even leading up to when, uh, when her and I started working together, basically focused in on disability. And while that as a fundament is really important, she argued that universal design does not but should include other forms of social disadvantage, for example, gender, racial identities, uh, identities related to sexual orientation, uh, all of these related experiences that someone might have or that, some, that might affect someone's experience uh, participating in, in society. So this was a really important uh, juncture in my career because I could have taken two different paths. I could have just ignored her and blown her off and said, hey, you know, again, you don't know what you're talking about. You're just this, you know, bachelor's degree student. What, how, what are you going to do to tell me what universal design is all about? But I took the other path, which was to hear her out and to kind of acknowledge that she's actually got a really good point. And so we started working together and we wrote a paper, a really foundational paper that explored the ways in which universal design could be seen, approached, applied using intersectionality theory that basically looks at how overlapping forms of disadvantage affect a person. So let me just bring that academic speak into a kind of a, a more concrete example. If we take as an example, a woman with a disability her experience is going to be vastly different than a man with a disability and then a woman without a disability. And that's basically the premise of intersectionality. Now you add to that power relations and things like that and systems of oppression, but you basically have this uh, issue that there are groups of people that will continue to be marginalized even if you try to fix it for that single category. So even if you take universal design and just try to say, okay, this is all about disability, we'll fix that. It's still going to exclude people who have experienced marginalization due to their gender, race, sexual orientation, ethnicity, et cetera, et cetera. 
So I think this was really a, an important uh, milestone in my career. It was an important milestone in how we understand universal design. And I'm still working to kind of un, to, to realize what it means to take universal design um, from a disability-specific way of approaching decision-making and look at it more multidimensionally. And so, yes, it absolutely has to do with feminist theory. Yes, it has, has absolutely uh, absolutely to do with critical race theory. There are a lot of aspects of universal design that link up with human rights on a broader scale. Now, if you're someone who finds this a really interesting and provocative and engaging topic, I will encourage you to take a look at a website, universal.design. This website is basically an online learning course for universal design, for people who are interested in universal design. Uh, the website is, uh, is owned by a company called Inclusive Creation. And in full disclosure here, I work for Inclusion, Inclusive Creation. I'm actually one of the co-founders. And the uh, universal.design website just comes down to an online learning course. Now, there's a free introduction module. So if anybody's interested in just testing the water, that's where you can go. But um, it's really a place where we've tried to set down a new approach to universal design so that we can understand it from beyond just a disability-specific provision. And I think that's the path that we, have to, uh, that we have to go down in the future.